you know, I love the, uh, the line or the lines in that, in that song we've just sung. But one in particular, as I was singing it this morning, I was just thinking back, that line where we sung, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you've been so, so good to me. And you know what? We come together collectively like this. We raise our, our, our song to God and we look back and we say, you have been so, so good to me. Isn't it wonderful just to reflect on the, the wonderful faithfulness of God and to know that His, His mercies are new every day and that it overflows and runs after us. Do you know, I, I, I was just thinking about it just before, just coming up, and I really do believe that, that there's a theme, a thread through our time this morning. And um, I really do believe that it, it began when Faye just opened up with that psalm, Psalm 57, where she spoke about, or David spoke about, having his heart awakened. Do you know, as we've praised God this morning, our hearts have been awoken. I don't know about you, mine has. Awoken again to God's faithfulness. Awoken again to God's goodness. And then when Faye read from Psalm 103, my, what a wake-up that was. All of our sins are forgiven. Imagine having your heart woken in that truth. Awoken in that truth. Your sins are forgiven this morning. You have no right to be guilty. You have no right to be or feel condemned. You have every right to stand confidently like David did in your God because he's forgiven you all your sins. And then, you know, it goes on and continues. He heals all of our diseases and our sicknesses. Imagine waking up to that and then having your heart awoken to his goodness over our lives. And um, do you know what? The awakening is going to continue right now. We've got Matt Wall with us here this morning from Message Wales. I'm telling you. And um, Matt, Matt's going to tell us about the work of the ministry. But, but I'm, honestly, we're going to have our heart. I really do believe it. I want my heart awoken by this ministry gift this morning. And um, let's, let's lean in this morning to the, to the word and the ministry that Matt is going to bring us with that expectation to have our heart awoken. They do an incredible work um, throughout South Wales and over Wales, actually, in the schools, with young people, with prison. I'm not going to go into it. Matt, Matt will, will tell us further and, and message trust nationally and globally do an incredible, incredible work. But let's be expectant to have our heart awoken this morning by this ministry gift as he, as he comes and imparts God's Word to us. Are you, are you ready for that? Are you ready to have your heart stirred? Ready to, you know, be awoken by the Word of God to you? that can produce such a wonderful increase and in harvest. I'm going to ask Matt to come. Come on, let's receive Matt this morning. Let's welcome him. He's going to be such a blessing to us. Come on, church. Give him a big shout. Wonderful. Thank you, Matt.
Well, good morning. It is a, a privilege to be here, and thank you so much for that welcome. I'm not going to say much just now because we're going to start with a video we want to show you. Uh, the Message Trust, uh, which is the charity that I work for, began uh, in Manchester in around 1988 with a man called Andy Hawthorne. He set up the Worldwide Message Tribe. Some of you maybe are uh, old enough to remember what they were like uh, with their jumping in the house of God and all that kind of music. And uh, for the last 30 plus years, we have been on one mission, and that is to tell as many people as we can about Jesus. So if you want to know what the message does, that's it. We, we have a passion to share the love of Jesus in words and in deeds to the hardest to reach communities and young people. And uh, that has been an incredible journey. I've been part of the message for, I think, 13, 14 years. Um, I originally from, uh, from Mid Wales was based with the message in Manchester for a number of years and then uh, I was uh, able to move back to Wales four and a half years ago and, and have kind of taken on leading the work of message, uh, the Message Trust here in Wales. So it's Message Trust globally, but we're special. So here we call it Message Wales. We've got our own name because we've got our own heart and we've got our own vision for our own people. Uh, so I'd love to start by just showing you a video. It's a, a six-minute video, but it's a beautiful video which just kind of highlights the journey that God has taken us on as an organization over the last 30 years. And then I'll come and I'll kind of fill in some of the blanks about what's happening locally. So enjoy this and let it speak to your heart. Not bad, is it? I mean, I, I, I watched that video. I've seen it plenty of times before, but I think I must have the best job in the world. Even if we just did one of those things, it would be an amazing ministry, an amazing outreach, amazing thing to see people come to know Jesus. And yet, God has been faithful to the message, trust the time and time again. We have felt that call to go big, to go hard, to go deep into communities, to keep loving, to keep sharing the gospel. And, uh, and as you can see, just so many things have happened, so many stories. I wish I could stand here and tell you uh, so many of them, but we would be here till next Sunday. Um, let, me, let me hone in a little bit on what's happening here in uh, Wales. Uh, so, uh, as we said before, my name is uh, Matt. Um, I'm originally from Mid-Wales, married, and I've got two young boys, uh, and we live over in Cardiff, where kind of Message Wales is currently based. We, we primarily, we're working across uh, South Wales, Southeast Wales, that's geographically where we're based, but we, we kind of do mission everywhere and ev anywhere we can, and uh, at the moment particularly appreciate your prayers as we're kind of gathering churches and leaders in North Wales to see if we can uh, launch a, a, a separate hub around Prostatin, Rill, Wrexham, that kind of area where there's also lots of need and lots of social deprivation. Um, but my privilege is to lead the work that we do here in Wales. And uh, you'll see this slide on the screen just shows you some of the things that we do. And I'm not going to talk around every single one of these right now, but uh, a few that I'll highlight for you, which you, you saw some of the stuff there. Some of the things you would have seen, uh, we do an awful lot of youth work. Uh, so a lot of what we do is revolved around wanting to reach young people. Uh, young people are some of the hardest people to reach um, and yet they're also the people who probably need the gospel the most. We are statistically living in an age where young people are almost classed as an unreached people group because the numbers are so low of those who follow 
Jesus. And so we do all the sorts of things you saw there on the screen. We have uh, teams that go into schools regularly. They're teaching lessons week in, week out. Uh, we're doing uh, girls' courses and boys' courses, helping them find their identity, their confidence, and their purpose in something more than just what the social media is telling them. And we do, as you saw on the screens, bands who come and do whole weeks of mission. In fact, please pray for us. At the end of this month, we have a couple of our bands down, and we're doing a mission around the valleys, so we're in kind of schools around Merthyr, Avantaf, uh, Pontypridd, that kind of area, and we'll be doing a gig on, on Friday, the 1st of March. Please pray for that. Uh, our hope, our expectation is the bands will be able to see over 5,000 young people in school over that week, and um, we're hoping and praying for 500 of them to turn up at a gig on the Friday night. I think some of your youth have been to some of our gigs, so they'll know what I'm talking about. We've got one of those gigs happening at the end of this month, but please pray that those young people would come and they'd be able to sit under the sound of the gospel. Yes, the music's fun and current and relevant, but they're singing about Jesus. And we want them to hear about Jesus. So we do the schools work. We do the bus. You saw the bus in the videos. And that's a great resource to engage with young people where they're at and, and lift and youth nights and all sorts of other events. Um, so youth work's a big part of what we do. The other side of what we do, though, is that kind of long-term investment, social transformation side of things. So as you saw in the video, we're working in prisons. Currently in Wales, we're in Cardiff prison. We're in Park prison in Wrexham. We're... Um, working towards getting into Prescoid prison, uh, and then hopefully in the future we're going to be in North Wales in, in uh, Berwyn prison, uh, which would mean we'll cover most of the Welsh prison population. Uh, and uh, it's a joy and a privilege to go into these facilities and be able to share the love of Jesus with people who quite often feel like they don't deserve any love, but yet Jesus still loves them. So it's great to be able to be part of that. Uh, we do community transformation with Eden teams. I'm rattling through it now because I don't want to take too long on this stuff, uh, where we send teams to move into the areas of, of most need to live long-term, to get alongside people and do life deeply with people. And we do, um, specifically, we also help run uh, street pastors in Cardiff, uh, and it's a privilege to do all of those things. There's loads more I could tell you about, but what I'm going to ask you is this, because I don't want to stand here and just talk about how good message is. Um, but if you are interested, if you like the sort of things that we're doing, hey, if you want people to know Jesus, would you come and uh, grab a flyer from my table, which is at the back at the end of the service? We've got uh, prayer cards, which you can grab, and they just tell you what to pray for each day. We so value your prayers. That would be amazing if you could grab one of those. And if, you, if you're really up for it, you can also sign up to receive them in the post regularly or on email regularly. So not just this month, but every month you can be praying for us. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other information. If you want to know just anything more about the school's work, the prison's work, the team's, um, our message, School of Evangelism, if you're over 18 and you want to come and do a gap year working with us, hey, come and talk to me at the end. Um, come and grab all the info that we have at the back. Uh, and the last thing I will say just on that, uh, obviously, doing mission to the masses is a costly thing, and uh, no one really wants to give money to people who are overtly sharing the gospel. So we, we don't get money from the government. We don't get money from the lottery. I'm quite happy about that. The only people who are going to fund mission is churches and people like you. So can I just ask, if you are able, and I know not everybody is, but if you are able and you'd be willing to stand with us as an organization as we try to reach, uh, this year we've set ourselves the goal of reaching 10,000 people with a gospel message. 
And if you want to stand with us and want to help us make that happen, please pray for us. But maybe you consider giving some money uh, and sponsoring us and supporting us on a monthly as well. If you are interested in doing that, please come and see me at the end. Uh, I'll give you a form to to fill out and you can sign up to support the message on a regular. We'd really value and appreciate anything that you're able to do to support us. Is that okay? Fantastic. Uh, Right. Let's get into the Word of God. And it will come as no surprise to you that what I want to talk to you about this morning is a passion for the gospel. I, I've realized in my uh, 20 plus years of, of ministry, uh, there's lots of things that I can talk about and lots of things I love talking about, but I can't get past this one simple point. Uh, I think it's what I was made for. In fact, to be honest, I think it's what we were all made for, to have an understanding, to carry the gospel and to share the gospel with others who don't yet, yet know Jesus. I mean, I look through the scriptures and I see that Jesus had a passion for the gospel. So if it was good enough for him, then it's good enough for me, okay? And, and I do think, and I'm not just saying this because I work for an evangelistic organization, but I do think that I have a passion for the gospel, and I think you should have a passion for the gospel. Why? Well, we'll get into the why, but to put it simply, because the gospel works. The gospel works. When you, when you cut through the noise, when you cut through all the politics, and you cut through people's opinions of everything that's going on, when we just dig down into the truth and And when we, as Christians, when we speak the truth in love, but when we speak the truth in love to people, when we we tell people who God is, what Jesus has actually done, when we speak that level of faith over people and into people's lives, when when we simply say to somebody, can I pray for you? Oh, there's power in those words. When we invite people into a relationship with a living God for themselves, things always change. They do. It's like like a, a chemical reaction. It's like something can't stay the same when you're introduced to Jesus and his awesome power and love at work in your life. It changes things. It changes people. And it's as simple as that. And this amazing book that we have, the Bible, it's not just a text for us to learn, but a truth for us to live out. When Jesus gets involved, things always change. Just think about the number of times when Jesus has been introduced into your situation, to a bad situation, and he's been able to turn it around for good. Jesus is the only one who can take death and turn it into life. All of us walking into death, and yet Jesus gives us eternal life. Jesus is the only one who can make that change happen. Jesus, when he is involved, is able to take our sorrow and turn it into joy. He's able to take our our mourning, our sadness, and turn it into dancing. Jesus takes the blind Spiritually, metaphorically, physically, he takes the blind and is able to open their eyes to see again. Jesus 
takes the orphan, the outcast, the unwanted, the unloved, and he calls them a son and a daughter. When Jesus gets involved, things always change. And he is the only one who can take the criminal, think of the criminals on the cross next to Jesus and say, today you will be a co-heir with me in the kingdom of heaven. Do we get this? Do we understand the awesome power and the privilege that we have in knowing Jesus? Not just knowing about him, but knowing him personally. I know that Jesus has changed my life. And I don't want to keep that good news to myself. Jesus is in the business of taking what is broken and restoring it. In, he's in the business of taking what is broken and rescuing it. In terms of the world and creation, but also in terms of you and me as individuals. Jesus is in the, is in the business of rescuing and restoring that which was broken. You and me. But this isn't just an explanation. Like the, the gospel, what Jesus did on the cross is an explanation. We can go through that and we can explain what happened. How Jesus, the Son of God, who came into this world, who, who showed us what it, what it was like to live a perfect life with no sin, gave us the best example of what it meant to be human. And yet he was still God. Jesus, who, who took all of our punishment, all of our mess, all of our sin, all of our mistakes, and he took it on himself, and he clung on tight to all of that mess. And when he died on that cross, he buried our mess, our mistakes. He buried our sins in the grave where it belonged. Death defeated. But he himself didn't stay dead. He, three days later, rose again, proving once and for all he was who he said he was, the Son of God. And that anyone who believes in him will have access to the Father, will have an inheritance of eternal life, will have God's Holy Spirit living in them, transforming them from the inside out. That's the gospel that we know and love. But I just want to encourage you, not just to kind of agree with me in this, but what are we going to do about it? Because it's really nice, it's really encouraging, it's really, really uplifting to hear these words and hear these truths again and again. And that's part of why we gather as church like this, isn't it? So we can remind ourselves to spur one another on that God is good. But the gospel is so much more than just what Jesus did on the cross. Let me, let me take you on a very quick whistle-stop tour around some of the Bible, and then we're going to land in our passage this morning, which is 2 Corinthians. But right from the beginning, I love the, I love the overview of the whole Bible. I love seeing how the big picture comes together. Right from the beginning, Genesis 3, Adam and Eve have messed up, and they, they need to be removed from God's presence, removed from the Garden of Eden. And yet God still gives them the promise right in that beginning to say, you know what, this isn't the end of the story because I'm going to restore and rescue this broken relationship. I'm going to send somebody who's going to stand on the head of the serpent, who's going to defeat sin once and for all. That promise is there from the very beginning of the story. And you can read it time and time again. It is 
seeped through everything that happens in the Old Testament. You look at Genesis 12 where God speaks to Abraham and he gives him a promise that you'll be set apart, that you will be my people. But not so that they could be exclusive. He says, you will be blessed by me and all people will be blessed through you. That was the key to the promise to Abraham, that all people will be blessed through you. That as you come to know the living God and have a relationship with the living God, Abraham, all people will come to know me through you and all people will be blessed because of the the relationship you have with God. The people of Israel, they, they kind of missed the point. That was the one bit they forgot. They were so busy kind of keeping themselves to themselves and keeping themselves hemmed in and keeping themselves apart and separate from everyone around them. They forgot that they were meant to be a blessing to everyone else. But Luke speaks these words, or Luke writes these words about Jesus. In Luke uh, 4.16, quoting Isaiah 61, where, where Jesus opens the scroll and says that the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me to preach the good news to the poor. And it goes on, but that was his reason for coming. That promise to Adam and Eve, that promise to Abraham, that promise throughout the Old Testament was about to be fulfilled in Jesus Christ. That he would come to rescue and restore. He put it so simply himself in Luke 19.10. When he simply says, I have come to seek and to save that which was lost. I love those words. (laughs) I love those words. It just speaks of, we're already gods. Right? The, The world that God has made, the people that God has made, they're already his. He's not trying to win something over that doesn't belong to him. They are his, but they're lost to him. And so Jesus has come to seek out what is lost and to save, to restore and rescue. But now, this is where we come in. 2 Corinthians 5. 17 to 20. I could have picked all sorts of passages from uh, the Bible, but I wanted to hone in on this one because this passage is the message and the mantle of Jesus passed on to you and me. And that's really what I wanted to encourage you in this morning, that, that that message that has been there since the beginning of creation, that's been there since Genesis 3 and all the way through the Bible, that, that message of reconciliation that Jesus has fulfilled and made a way by dying on the cross, he has taken that message and he has passed it on to you and to me. The job is not done until we play our part. Do you get that? The job is not finished until we play our part. 2 Corinthians speaks of of our identity in Christ and the purpose that we have in him. It speaks of the confidence that we can have and the authority that we receive from Jesus. It speaks of the message and the mantle of what we carry to other people. That this gospel wasn't just for us. But it was for us to take out to others. Shall we read 2 Corinthians together? Let's do that. If you've got Bibles, do turn to 2 Corinthians. We'll pop it on the screen as well. You might want to just keep it open and keep your eyes on this. I hope you can see that there. Let me, let me read these words to us now. Let, let, 
just let the Word of God sink in. This is God speaking to us this morning. This is truths that he wants you to understand, to take on board, to, to warm your heart, to challenge your perceptions, to allow you to grow. So let's receive the Word of God in that light. Here we go. Paul writes this. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has commanded, sorry, he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Just love those verses. I'm equally challenged and encouraged by what God is asking of each and every one of us who, who here knows Jesus as their Lord and Savior. What is the gospel? Well, it's a message for us to carry out into the world. Let's just break that down into three, three simple things to focus on. First of all, it says there right at the start that we've been made new. I'm so glad about that. <laughs> Aren't you? <laughs> I'm so glad that we've been made brand new. In fact, before we get to the brand new, the first thing it says, it says this, is anyone who is in Christ. And I love the anyone because that's really important as well. Because this, this message, this mission, this mandate, it's not just for the select few. It's not for the well-trained who've been to Bible college or the, the people who are really eloquent and good at speaking. No, this is a message, a mission, and a mantle for anyone who is in Christ. Yes, there are certain gifts that God gives us. And I believe there is the gift of the evangelist with a capital E. But we are all called to share the good news of Jesus. Nobody is excluded from this. So anyone who is in Christ, this is for you. Well, the first thing that we, that we recognize when we, when we talk about how we're called to share the gospel is that anyone who is in Christ, first of all, you are made brand new. The old is gone, the new is come. Because the first thing that we need to recognize is that we need to have accepted the transformative power of the gospel in our own lives before we can share it with anyone else. This isn't just some kind of PowerPoint that you can download from the internet and regurgitate and that's how things get done like anybody could do it. You first have to have encountered and known Jesus for yourself and been made new in him. I think perhaps most of us are there um, but if you're not there yet, well, maybe now, maybe this morning is a time when God wants to captivate you and your heart. 
The old is gone. The invitation is for everyone to die to self and to pick up our new identity with Jesus Christ at the center. You know, I, uh, I've got two young boys. I mentioned that earlier. And uh, we build an awful lot of Lego, right? I, I can't say that I'm disappointed. I love building the Lego. It's great when you have kids because you're not just the kind of the adult who's going into the Lego store buying stuff for yourself. I'm like, I can buy the little sets and the kiddie sets. and the st- I love it because, oh, yeah, for my boys. So we build an awful lot of Lego in our house. And, and if you've got ch- young children or if you've seen young children with Lego, they don't always play with it the way that I would. I want to build the beautiful set and I want to put it on a shelf and go, look at that marvel. Isn't it beautiful? And please don't touch it because you might ruin it. Okay, that's not how kids play with Lego generally. Kids want to take it off the shelf, fly it around the room, smash it into things. My boys particularly, they love getting the figures and having battles with the figures. And if one of the figure loses the battle, they will pull its head and his legs and his arms off to show that he's died. I'm like, did I teach you that? Where's that come from? They love to just pull it all apart. And then what happens inevitably is they come back and they were like, Dad, this is broken. Can you fix it? And so we try and put it back together. And, you know, sometimes it works well and sometimes not. And sometimes bits are, are lost and missing. And, and over time, we end up with this Lego set, which, you know, initially it started off looking like an amazing dragon. And now it's got half a, half a tail and one leg missing and a wheel for a foot. And, you know, the, the wrong eyes in the wrong place and different colored pieces stuck on where they don't belong. And it doesn't look anything like what it was meant to look like. And I wonder, as Christians, that sometimes we feel that's what we're like. That, that God, in saving us, made us brand new, but then life happened. Stuff got in the way. And we, we look at ourselves as this kind of like broken, mashed up, not quite perfect, not quite the way it was designed to be model. And we can think, how could Jesus possibly use this? I don't think that's how God sees us. I don't think that's what this passage says. This passage says that anyone who is in Christ, the old is gone. We've got rid of all the bad bits. The new has come. You you have been clothed with Christ. Yes, we may still live in a fallen, broken world. Yes, we still have struggles. We're not denying that. But in terms of your effectiveness and your use for God, you are brand new. You are exactly how God wants you to be. You're exactly where God wants you to be, to do exactly what God wants you to do. You are just out the box, brand new, perfect. And that is how he sees you through the lens of Jesus. I just want to encourage you to see yourself that way too. Don't look in the mirror and go, Ah, I'm not good enough. Because that's not what Jesus thinks about you. Is that okay? Anyone who is in Christ, the old is gone, the new is here. Before we go out and share the good news with anyone else, we need to receive that good news for ourselves, to be personally transformed. Is that you? Well, the second thing this passage teaches me, I want to share with you this morning is, that we are Christ's ambassadors. Now, this is, this is exciting. 
This is exciting because an ambassador is somebody who has the authority of the king. That's what he's saying to us here. I, I, I think I'm doing okay this morning. Yeah, I'm doing all right. Preach is going well. It wasn't always like this. When I was uh, 17 years old, I did my first preach to people who, who didn't know Jesus. I was a, a part of a mission in Birmingham City Center. And we went to a, an outdoor area where there was kind of a big sweep of, of uh, steps in a big semicircle. So we could stand at the bottom and speak to the gathered masses who were out eating their McDonald's lunches in their lunch break. And as a, I think it was 17, I, I was 17 years old, and I was asked to go and share my testimony and preach the gospel. I have never been so nervous in all my life. I went into that situation so scared. I'd never done anything like that. And I didn't know what to do. And as I looked at all the people who I realized they weren't there because they wanted to hear what I had to say. They wanted to eat their fries in peace. We're like, we're going we're gonna to preach the gospel now. And, uh, and I couldn't look anybody in the eye. I was just so scared of, you know, I might catch someone's eye and I'll see how disappointed or disgusted they were with me or, or the frown on their face and it, would, and it would cripple me and I'd run away. And, and so what I did, my first ever preach, I stood there in Birmingham City Center and I looked above all the people and I looked above all the buildings and I preached to the pigeons that were gathered across the rooftops. And they were the ones that I was really kind of keeping my eyes focused on. So Guys, I do want to say, if we get to heaven and there's loads of pigeons there, I'm so sorry. I hope not. But I was so scared in that moment because I hadn't realized yet what this passage is saying. I was scared, yes, but I wasn't speaking on my behalf. I was speaking on behalf of the king. Jesus asked me to do it, and so I did it. Didn't matter how, how scared or unprepared or how young or how old I was, if Jesus asks you to do something, we do it. And I want to encourage you to, to have that attitude when it comes to sharing the gospel with the people around you. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's scary. Yes, people may reject you or mock you or laugh at you or ask questions that you don't know how to answer. But is that a reason to disobey Jesus? I don't think so. But we don't have to be afraid because Jesus has given us his authority. You ever thought about what it means to be an ambassador? An ambassador, we don't, we don't use the phrase that often, do we? If you're old enough, you probably think of Ferreira Roche. And you know, I don't mind being that kind of ambassador if we get to just have parties and eat chocolate all day. That sounds quite nice. But the ambassador is, is somebody who is appointed by the king to go and live in a foreign land that's not their home. Sound familiar? An ambassador is, is appointed by the king to go and live in a land that is not their own and to represent the king to the people in that country. To speak on behalf of the king to those people, to that government, to the authorities there. To say, this is what my king says about this situation and that situation. This is what my king has to say to you about your life. That's who we are. That when we go out into the world, 
We don't go because there's anything special about us, but we go because the king has anointed you to preach the good news. The king has given you his authority to speak on his behalf. And so when we go out into those scary situations, when we go out into the world, we can go with confidence because our king is by our side. Our king has got our backs. Our king goes with us. I have a passion for the gospel because the gospel has made me brand new. It's transformed me, and I know that it transforms others. I have a passion for the gospel because, because Jesus has given us the authority, the mantle, the message to go and preach the good news to others. He's given us that authority as ambassadors in Christ. And the third thing that I want to share with you is simply this, that message, that mission to go, to share, to take the good news Luke 19.10, as I said, Jesus said, I've come to seek and to save that which was lost. And now, as we read here in 2 Corinthians, God is saying, I have passed on that mission to you. I have given you the authority to take this message. And the message that I want you to share, the reason that you're here right now, is to share the good news of Jesus, the hope that there is in Jesus, to be reconciled with Jesus. That's the message, be reconciled to God. So that's who we are. That's what we do. And if you needed any, any other reasons, let me, let me quickly give you some of my own personal reasons why I think it's a good news to share the gospel with others. First of all, actually, I think it's what we are made for. This passage is full of why we were made to preach the gospel. In fact, you ever wondered why when you became a Christian, you know, it's perfectly within God's power in that moment to snap his fingers and for you to instantly be transported to be with him for all eternity in heaven. He could do that. That could happen. He's outside of time. That's not a problem for him. So why is it that when you give your life to Jesus, we don't automatically transform into heaven? Why do we stay here on this earth for however many years that God gives us? Well, the answer is simple, because the mission is not complete. Having given our lives to Jesus, he has given us his Holy Spirit to live in us, give us the confidence to speak on his behalf. He's given us the message of reconciliation to take it out into the world. And as I said already, until that job is done, the job is not finished. I believe the only reason we're here still on this earth is because we haven't fulfilled the job yet of preaching the gospel to all and everyone. Not everyone will accept it, but that's not, that's not our job. That's between them and God. Our job is to be faithful to the calling that we've received, to go out and share the good news. It's what you were made for. In fact, I'd go one step further and say, I think it's what you're best at. Some of you might not believe me. (laughs) I think it's what we're best at. Listen, that worship this morning, wow, that was incredible, wasn't it? That was lovely. You guys are blessed to be able to come here and to be led in that way that just helps us all focus our attention on Jesus and be caught up in his love and adoration for us so much that we have love and adoration for him. That was incredible. Not so much from me. I don't have the best singing voice. Mine wasn't that great. 
But I'm looking forward to the day when I'm in heaven and I get to sing like an angel. I'm looking forward to the day when I can stand next to Jesus and have all eternity to ask him all my questions about why did you put that bit in the Bible, God? What is the theology of this? Why doesn't that make sense? Why did you do this? We'll have all eternity to learn scripture and sing songs and pray praises. We'll we'll be spending eternity worshiping God when we're in heaven, right? But the one thing, the one thing we can't do when we're in heaven is tell other people about Jesus. We just can't. I mean, we can, but they already know. They'll be like, yeah, I know Jesus. He's standing right there. But while we're here on this earth, while there's breath in our lungs, while God has given us a life, the one thing that we can do better here than we'll ever be able to do the other side of eternity is tell people who don't know Jesus about Jesus. And so I want to make sure that that stays high on my list of priorities of what I'm going to do this year. Higher than advancing my career or, or increasing my, my uh, popularity on social media or booking my next summer holiday. What am I doing to advance the gospel? What am I doing to make sure people who don't know Jesus get to hear about Jesus? That's what you are best at doing. Don't miss the opportunities God gives you. And finally, it's what will last. All of these other things will fade away. All of our popularity, all of our wealth, all of our, all of our possessions, all of our properties, all of our career advancement, all of our knowledge and power, if we have any such thing, will all fade away. And you can't take any of it with you to heaven. But the one thing that you can take to heaven with you is other people. Now, I think when, when the Bible talks about fruit growing in us and fruit that will last, part of what it's talking about is us being so good at reflecting Jesus that we bring other people into his presence. And as those people accept Jesus too, they are the fruit The fruit of my life lived for Jesus is that other people get grafted into the family of God. Other people will get to spend eternity with Jesus. That's what will last. Sharing the gospel is not always easy, but it's what you were made for. It's what you're best at, and it is what will last. So where do we go from here? Well, I guess the only thing really is to go and do it. I, I don't know what that's going to look like. I haven't got a five-point plan for how you can put that into practice in your, your situation and your circumstances. But I know that God has given us a calling. God has given us a mission. God has given us a mandate. And I want to encourage you, church, if you want to take your faith seriously, if you want to take that transformative power of the gospel in your lives seriously, then please do all you can in every situation, wherever you can, to find a way to share it with other people. And sharing the gospel, yes, it is loving and being kind and doing acts of service. Those all things demonstrate the gospel. But if we only do those things and never open our mouths, people will never know the love that it came from. And so I want to encourage you, the most important thing you can do is actually open your mouth and say, do you know Jesus? 
can I introduce you to the man who changed my life? Might not be easy, but it is so worth doing. I wonder if I could ask you, just in this moment, and if you're comfortable doing this, I wonder if I could ask you to stand. I'd love to pray for you all as I just bring this to an end. They say I don't have all the answers, but what I do know is that God has called us and commissioned us, and God has encouraged us to go in confidence in Him. Uh, when I read things like Acts, uh, uh, we see the disciples praying, not for the opposition or the problems to go away. They just say, when they're faced with opposition in Acts 4, they say, God, would you give us boldness to preach all the more? When you look at uh, Paul and, and uh, Ephesians, the end of Ephesians 6, when he's, he's uh, talking about his own ministry and asks the one thing that he wants, the one thing he desires is that I would fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly, says Paul. And so if the disciples pray for that and if Paul prayed for that, then that's really why I want to just pray for you guys. We don't have all the answers. You might not know it all. We might not always get it right. But I want to pray that you would go in confidence that Christ has commissioned you as an ambassador and that you would go fearlessly, fearlessly from this room and take seriously the call in our lives to be those ambassadors. Is that all right? So I'm just going to pray. Maybe you might want to hold out your hands. This is not for me or anyone next to you. This is just an opportunity for you to do business with your God. Oh, Father God, we, we stand before you now, broken, messed up people, but who have been saved by the loving grace of a, our Heavenly Father. We just acknowledge your goodness over us. We thank you that you chose us, even while we were your enemies, even while we were still sinners, you chose to send your son, Jesus Christ, to die in our place. We just acknowledge you, Lord, and we, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. We love and adore you, Jesus. And I, I pray, God, now, just for everyone here, that this would be a moment a Holy Spirit moment. Just as you poured out your Spirit in abundant power on the disciples, as you poured out your Spirit to all who love you and follow you and believe in you and give their lives to you, you would once again pour out your Spirit on us. That we would know that we don't leave this place without your presence going with us. Church is wonderful. Gathering is wonderful. But this isn't where God lives. He lives in our hearts. God, I pray as we walk out this door, we would walk out with a boldness, a confidence, a fearlessness of what the world has to say because we know that we've been sent by the King of Kings. 
And God, I pray you would give the boldness, the confidence, and the authority to every person here to not just be the hands and feet of Jesus, but to be the mouth of Jesus, to speak the truth in love, to speak truth to people who don't know you as the living God, and to introduce them to you as their Lord and Savior. God, if we could only do this one thing, we would live a life worthy of the calling we've received. So come, fill us, equip us, empower us, embolden us to be your ambassadors. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Amen. Wasn't that a wonderful word? Absolutely fantastic. You know, um, just as, as Matt was sharing there, I was just thinking of a time where I was up on the mountain on my bike and I saw a, a man in the distance and I had some Bibles in my, in my rucksack and I thought, wow, it'd be wonderful to reach this man for Jesus. And I prayed. I said, Holy Spirit, if you make a way for me to speak to this man, I'd love the opportunity to reach him for Jesus. Do you know the Holy Spirit spoke to me very directly and clearly as soon as those words came out of my mouth. He said, I'm not going to make the way. You make the way. You make the way. I loved what Matt said about, you know, we're brand new. Our lives are brand new. But we are ambassadors of Christ. We have a message. We can go into our world with great joy, announcing this wonderful gospel of good news. We've been so blessed by the Word of God this morning. Just how, how Matt talked about how Jesus transforms anything and everything that He comes into. And we have such a wonderful opportunity every single day to reach those who are around us who don't know, who may be suffering under darkness, imprisoned in all kinds of things. And it could be just one conversation away from them to receiving Jesus as their Lord and their, their Savior. Matt is going to come on um, April the 24th, I believe it is, and May the 4th, midweek, to further encourage us in evangelism training. I thought, do you know what, through this year, and on beyond the years, right, but this year, let's really sharpen our desire to reach people for Christ. Do you know, if we don't reach people for Christ, we'll become religious. We will become apathetic. We do not want to become religious. That is not your heart. I know the heartbeat of this church the heartbeat of this family is to reach those who are lost. One of, the, one, of the, one of the drives and the desires of our heart is to reach those who are lost. And that's why it's such a privilege to have such a relationship with Message Wales. Message Wales have been uh, working with, with uh, Andy and the youth team for probably over 18 months and 18 months coming in, serving our young people every few months, you know, just encouraging them, 
helping Andy and, and Siobhan as they, as they lead the youth together. What a blessed partnership this is. You know, they've, they haven't come with, with any, um, any, any set criteria. They just want to serve. And, and um, I tell you, it's, a, it's such a blessing to, to work with such a generous-hearted organization that wants to help us. So Matt is going to come uh, 24th, of, 24th of April, 8th of May. Put those dates in your diary. Open your heart. Say, Lord, make me a soul winner. Because that's, that's what I've been created and born to be. A soul winner, an ambassador of Christ Jesus. Do you know what? There is, I'm telling you now, and I know you know this, there is nothing greater than to have a conversation with a person and just like Matt said, say these words, can I introduce you to my best friend, Jesus? When you mention his name, I tell you, everything changes. We're gonna, we, we, this year is going to be a year where our mouths are going to declare the goodness of God in this place together. That's wonderful, right? In our homes, in our connect groups, in what we do. But it's going to be a time out in the world where we go wherever we are into, into all of the different environments that we work in and live in and we are going to take Jesus. We're going to open our mouths and simply proclaim His good news to those who, who don't know Him. Is that okay? Is that okay? Just, just a few more other things. You know, I was talking to Steve this morning and Maya. As Steve came in, and uh, you know, Steve's a great blessing. Comes with his family, been here a number of years. But you know, I love Steve's testimony. It's a very simple one. Do you know how Steve came to Christ? Dale led him to Jesus in the park. Isn't that wonderful? He, he Dale just shared the good news of the gospel one day. Dale was working in the park as a gardener, and he shared the good news of the gospel to Steve. Steve prayed a prayer, asked Jesus into his heart, their ways parted, and then many years later, Steve and his family come into church. Dale had a, had a, had a work in Steve's life. Dale, it must bring you great joy. What a privilege. Every time he sees Steve now and his family, he must be overjoyed. That is the joy of the laborer, to see fruit, to see the harvest brought in. We have Caroline Kinnear ministering in schools in Monmouth with good news, good news for everyone, taking the gospel, Stella going into the prisons. Guys, it's exciting. Yes, there's rejection. Yes, we're afraid. Yes, like my, Matt said, we need great boldness, okay? Not to shout at people, but just to, just, you know, just to step into their world and say, I'm here and I'm staying here to help you, support you, and, and to, to be a light in your darkness and encourage you with the good news of Jesus because he's going to make you brand new. It takes great boldness sometimes. But what, what a privilege, 
What a privilege that we have. I was thinking about that this morning, about Dale. I want, I want that for my life. I want, I want to see people that I've reached, brought in, that I'm in their life with them. Like, like Dale sees Steve. I'm sure many of us have got stories about, like that. But you know what? There is no greater. There is no greater thing that we can give our lives to than reaching out to those who are around us with the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Why? Because it makes people brand new. It gives them life. It transforms them. Hallelujah. With eternal life, the life of Christ. Amen. Before I pray, Matt's going to be at the back at the end. Listen, let's commit to pray for this wonderful ministry. Let's get behind it with our finances. No hard sell, no hard sell, but just an opportunity to think, wow, I can invest some money into helping this organization, go into the schools, go into the prisons and do all of the wonderful work that they do. No hard sell. Let's, let's get behind it. And we're going to see a lot more of Matt throughout this year just encouraging us in this wonderful, wonderful commission that we have from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. You may be here this morning. Let's just take a moment now. You may be here this morning and you've never asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You don't have a connection with God. You understand that you're a sinner. You understand that you're alone. There's a hole inside you that you've been trying to fill with all kinds of things that maybe you're ashamed of this morning, that you wouldn't want anybody to know. And that's fine. Nobody has to know, but Jesus knows all about you. Jesus knows the darkness that you struggle with, the fears, the addictions, he understands why you do what you do. You're just searching for peace and satisfaction and wholeness. Well, he's going to fill you this morning with his wonderful presence. There's no condemnation or judgment from him. He died on a cross to save you, to live inside you. And like Matt said, make all things brand new. This morning, you're going you're, you're to reach out to him. You're going to say maybe a very simple prayer. When I was 15 years of age, in a, I was in a tent and I, I spoke a broken prayer that was tear-stained. And he made my life new, not because of the words I said, but because my heart was broken-hearted. And I reached out to him right now. I want to help you do that. Or if you're watching online this morning, you want to ask Jesus Christ today to set you free from sin. And the way you live in, you acknowledge it. You come to him and he'll do a miracle in your heart. And he'll step in through the door of your life. And he'll make all things new, not just on the outside, but where it really matters, on the inside. Pray these words quietly in your heart. Say, Jesus, today I ask you, to forgive me 
I am a sinner. And I know it. I know it from who I am. From what I've done. But today I come running to you. Forgive me of my sin. Wash. Wash me. Make me clean. Please be the Prince of Peace in my life. I ask this. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe that you rose from the dead. And now I'm calling on your name today to experience your new life. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, you're in this place. Maybe tell your friend before you leave this morning. We'd love to give you a Bible. Love to continue beyond being on the journey with you, encouraging you. Keep coming to church. Let us know, maybe at the end of the service, and we can celebrate in that decision with you this morning. A miracle has taken place this morning. I tell you, just by that cry from your heart, God never despises a call from our heart when we cry out to Him. Or you prayed online, we'd love to send you a Bible. Maybe just let us know via email. You can let us know it uh, through hello at at King's Church. Let us know. Send us your details and we promise to send you a Bible just to encourage you. It's been wonderful to have Matt with us this morning. Come on, let's give God praise for his word. We've been awoken again. I believe it, it, it was an awakening, this, uh, things being awoken in us this morning that are going to have a long-lasting effect in our future. I believe that. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to give God praise before we go. God bless you this morning. God bless you.